Compass Media Networks. This is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. Blame at the border. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Nicole Murray on this Friday, March 1st. Glad you could be with us. Here's what we have for you this hour. President Biden and Donald Trump made competing campaign visits to the U.S.-Mexico border. Hear what both are saying. Dozens dead during the delivery of food to Gazan civilians. Israelis and Palestinians have different versions of what happened. There will be no government shutdown this weekend. Both houses of Congress have passed another short-term funding bill. And the growing trend of doing nothing on vacation feeling really burned out. They're feeling burned out in their lives. They're tired of making so many decisions. And so when they go on vacation, they just want to chill. Allison Poley at the Wall Street Journal on how hotels and all-inclusives are catering to those who just want to rest. President Biden and former President Trump are pointing a finger at each other for the problems at the U.S.-Mexico border. They made dueling visits yesterday in Texas towns that are 300 miles apart to call for tougher immigration policies. Biden, making his second trip to the border as president, blamed Republicans for blocking a bipartisan border agreement in the Senate that would have allowed the government to expel migrants if crossings surpassed 4,000 per day. The majority of Democrats and Republicans in both houses support this legislation until someone came along and said, don't do that, it'll benefit the incumbent. That's a hell of a way to do business in America for such a serious problem. Trump, meanwhile, gave remarks at Shelby Park in Eagle Pass, tying the influx of migrants to crime. This is a Joe Biden invasion. This is a Biden invasion over the past three years. Four years ago, Biden ran against Trump's hardline immigration policies and put forward the most liberal immigration proposal of any mainstream Democratic candidate in history. Further drama avoided on Capitol Hill. Congress has approved a temporary spending bill to prevent a partial government shutdown this weekend. The House approved the measure yesterday by a vote of 320 to 99, with slightly more than half of Republicans joining with almost all Democrats to support the measure. Republican Thomas Massey of Kentucky was a no. We're going to kick the can down the road. Is that going to solve any problems? No, it creates another crisis next week. You see, that's what they want, another crisis. They want to threaten you with the shutdown so they can get more spending. The bill cleared the Senate last evening, 77 to 13. The measure, which extends funding for part of the government until next Friday and the rest until March 22nd, now heads to President Biden for his signature. Some House Republicans had emerged from a closed-door meeting ahead of the vote, saying they were frustrated that House Speaker Mike Johnson was asking him them to support another deadline extension without more spending cuts or other conservative victories. Overseas now, conflicting accounts from both sides involving a chaotic scene which involved food deliveries in Gaza City. Gaza authorities say more than 100 Palestinians were killed and more than 700 injured when Israeli troops opened fire on people swarming trucks delivering critical aid. Israeli officials said thousands of Palestinians surrounded those trucks and dozens were fatally trampled or injured in the crush. Soon after, Israeli officials say troops a short distance down the road from the aid convoy opened fire on a crowd that approached a military checkpoint and ignored warning shots. From Washington, reaction from Pentagon spokesman Pat Ryder. Too many civilians have been killed in Israel's military operations, and we continue to reiterate that civilian lives must be protected. Aid deliveries to Gaza have become dangerous missions as law and order have broken down in some areas. The Wall Street Journal says police working for Hamas 
have largely vanished from the streets. This year, Dell Technologies wants to help you do amazing things with their best tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, powered by Intel Core processors and more. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com deals with the context to make sense of it all. This is America's First News, This Morning with Gordon Deal. Welcome into Friday, first day of March. President Biden's visit to the border is part of an effort to go on offense against former President Trump and to turn a political liability into a line of attack against Republicans. Can he do it? Here's Brett Samuels, White House reporter at The Hill. Brett, what's going on? Essentially what he's trying to do is go on offense here and make the case to the American people that he presented an immigration bill day one when he was sworn in, that he endorsed this bipartisan border security bill in the Senate that was unveiled uh, at the start of February, and that ultimately it's it's the fault of Republicans and House Republicans in particular that that bill fell apart, that it, it won't pass Congress essentially. Uh, so he's trying to sort of turn the tables here, take an issue that he is constantly attacked on. Uh, Republicans love to blame Biden for, for border security issues. And Biden's trying to flip that around and basically say, hey, it's Republicans who failed to pass this this border security bill. I've done what I can. Now it's time for Republicans to do their part. I understand his point about Republicans moving the goalposts with the border security bill. Um, but it's at least according to the polling, it seems like it's going to be a heavy lift to try to flip the script here. Certainly, yeah, it's it's an uphill battle, I think, that, that President Biden is facing Immigration is an issue that former President Trump, who of course is is likely going to be on the ballot in November as Biden's opponent, uh, Trump has made immigration sort of his calling card essentially. It's been an issue dating back to 2016 that has been central to, to his appeal and his campaigning. And polling has shown that voters trust Trump on the border and immigration more than they trust Biden. Polling has shown that immigration is sort of rising to the top, if not at the top of the list for many voters in terms of their most important issues. So. This is something that President Biden, you know, it's it's a, a strategy that I think Democrats are embracing uh, to say he should lean into this vulnerability and, and attack it head on. But that doesn't mean that it's going to be successful. And it's certainly something that he uh, is, is got his work cut out for him here. Does the White House actually call what's happening at the border a crisis? I think that, you know, they're they're sort of reluctant to to slap that term on it whenever they've been asked about that. White House officials have sort of skirted the question, basically said that, you know, what you call it is not what matters. What matters is is the fact that it's a broken immigration system, that more needs to be done to address it, that the president is calling for more to be done to address it. Uh, so, you know, I think I think their evasiveness might be an answer in itself. Yeah. Uh, but certainly they've tried to dance around uh, terms like crisis uh, in this case. We're talking to Brett Samuels, White House reporter at The Hill. His piece is called Biden Seeks to Shift Border from Vulnerability to line of attack on Trump. What about taking executive action here to show that he's doing something? Well, so that's been what Speaker Johnson in the House has sort of repeatedly called on Biden to take executive action. Now, the White House has taken issue with that. They've basically said, you know, that Johnson and Congress have a chance to to enact changes themselves, that executive action isn't necessary if Congress would just act. Uh, but we've, we've gotten sort of mixed messages out of the White House on this where They've said that Biden's hands are tied. He's done all he can do. It's on Congress to act. 
But then there are these reports that Biden is considering executive action on the border, that he's sort of talking to folks about what legally he's able to do to actually make a difference. Um, and so there's some anticipation around the State of the Union about whether Biden will announce executive action around that. There's no expectation that he'll announce any kind of action around his border trip. Uh, but certainly State of the Union, I think it, it'll be interesting to see if not any executive action, then certainly what he says about immigration and what he says about the border in his speech to Congress. Meanwhile, uh, record levels of apprehensions, at least as of late, correct, at the southern border? Correct, yeah, especially late in in 2023, there were these record-setting levels of apprehensions. There's millions of uh, court cases, immigration court cases backlogged. So uh, the White House would say, you know, that's evidence of strain on the system, that, that they need more resources from Congress. But uh, in the meantime, that's just sort of fueling this argument from Republicans that the situation's out of control, that it's Biden's fault, that all this is happening under his watch. Thanks, Brett. Brett Samuels, White House reporter at The Hill. 20 minutes now after the hour on This Morning. Here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Congress has passed a short-term funding bill averting a partial government shutdown. The extended funding deadlines are now March 8th and March 22nd. Virginia Congressman Bob Good says the legislation is simply delaying a longer-term solution. Some of us here in the House... We came here to actually represent the American people, to do what we said we would do. And we did not mean constantly kicking the can down the road, passing more continuing resolutions that hurt the American people. The bill will go to President Biden to be signed into law. Number two. A federal judge has blocked a Texas law that would have allowed local police to arrest people suspected of being in the state illegally. The law, known as Senate Bill 4, was passed in late 2023 by Governor Greg Abbott to address immigration and border security in issues. The Biden administration has argued the law violated the U.S. Constitution. It would have gone into effect this Tuesday. Number three. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin appeared for his first congressional hearing since his health crisis yesterday, where he faced harsh criticism for failing to notify lawmakers, the White House, and the American public about his hospitalization last month. South Carolina Congresswoman, Congresswoman Nancy Mace. If any American worker did what you did, they would be fired. Uh, and they aren't the number two in the chain of command of the greatest and most lethal fighting force in the world. A Philadelphia, Pennsylvania fugitive that escaped police custody earlier this week has been recaptured. Aleem Borden, who was on the run for more than three days, was found in Cambria County, more than 200 miles away. Borden was originally arrested for allegedly stealing a car. Today is Global Day of Unplugging, and in honor, there is a new creation designed to help you put the phone down. It is called the Hinge Phone Book, and it is filled with ideas to entertain and connect with others in real life. Prompts include give you give someone you haven't spoken to a call or hang a sign on your door that states, please disturb, I am not on the phone right now. So going back to uh, pre-2007, something like that. This makes me sad, though, that we need a book to remind us to put our phones down. Need a slap upside the head. (laughs) A spray of water every Mm -hmm. time you pick the phone up. Something like that. Pure opportunity. It's what Michigan is all about. The opportunity to do more. The opportunity for all businesses to reach their full potential. Visit michiganbusiness.org slash radio to discover all the ways the MEDC is helping Michigan thrive. Glad you could be with us. The pendulum is swinging away from jam-packed trips and Instagram-worthy adventures and toward 
vacations with little to write home about beyond a pretty sunset and a cold drink. Allison Poley, travel reporter at the Wall Street Journal, says more vacationers want a true break to rest and recharge during their time off. Allison explained the trend. People are just feeling really burned out. They're feeling burned out in their lives. They're tired of making so many decisions. And so when they go on vacation, they just want to chill. Where did this come from, though? I mean, did did somebody influence it? Uh, Is it something being pushed by resorts or airlines, things like that? Resorts are definitely offering more programs to help people unplug, but travelers are also saying that in the past few years, they've done the trips to reunite with friends and family. They've taken big bucket list trips and gone overseas. And so that's not going away completely, but as part of their time off, more people are prioritizing rest and relaxation. Wow. I thought it was interesting. Uh, Somebody made the point of, I guess, in the hustle and bustle and the stress, it's nice to do nothing because it takes the guesswork out of planning so many activities on a vacation. Exactly. And I think when you go on vacation, you want it to be worth it and you want to make sure that you're getting the best experience possible. But at the same time, that can be exhausting. And we often hear people say they need a vacation from their vacation. So more people are turning to cruises and all inclusives, not only because they don't have to make as many decisions, but also because they know their costs up front. What are inclusives doing like toward this end? So a lot of all-inclusives used to have this reputation of being a cheap vacation with just mediocre food and where you drank a ton. (laughs) But now hotel companies are pouring a lot of money into opening new luxury all-inclusives. So Marriott is going to open a Ritz-Carlton branded all-inclusive. More hotel companies are opening luxury resorts. And so they want people to feel unplugged, but also not like they're going on a budget experience just because they are paying for an all-inclusive. And some of them are also offering activities outside the walls of the resort. So that's another aspect for people who do not want to just sit there and do nothing. They are partnering with some local tour companies um, to have more off-resort experiences. We're speaking with Allison Poley, travel reporter at the Wall Street Journal. Her story is called The Rise of the Do-Nothing Vacation. So I get it for the uh, for the folks who've been around a little while, they're feeling the stress, but you made reference to a 23-year-old law student from L.A. How, how come she needs a do-nothing vacation? Well, one, she's in law school, which is pretty stressful. She's also anticipating taking the bar exam in July. So this is going to be the trip that she takes after, after she takes that exam. I think... You know, she mentioned that being in law school in particular, she's very aware of court decisions. She's aware of what her possible work might look like. And then just being a person in, as she described it, being a person in the modern world is pretty exhausting when you see a lot of relentless headlines about geopolitical crises or different events that are going on. So people are viewing this time away as a time to decompress and recharge before going back to the day-to-day grind. Thanks, Allison. Allison Poley, travel reporter at the Wall Street Journal. Hey, it's Gordon Deal here to tell you about this game-changing product I use before having a couple of cocktails called Z-Biotics. I can easily feel lousy from just one drink, but I've now found something that helps avoid that miserable feeling the next morning. 
Zbiotics Pre-Alcohol Probiotic Drink. It's the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists trying to eliminate that crummy feeling the following day. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. Just remember to make Zbiotics your first drink of the night. Whether you're sitting down at home for movie night or maybe out with friends, drink responsibly and you'll feel your best tomorrow. Go to zbiotics.com/gordon to get 15% off your first order when you use Gordon at checkout. That's zbiotics.com/gordon and use the code Gordon at checkout for 15% off. Cutting through the clutter to bring you the people and stories that matter to you. You're listening to America's First News this morning with Gordon Deal. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Friday, March 1. Gordon Deal with Nicole Murray. Some of our top stories and headlines. Congress avoids a government shutdown. Competing trips to the border for Biden and Trump. Conflicting versions about why dozens of Palestinians were killed during food delivery to Gaza. The Nasdaq closed at its first record high since 2021 on hopes about the promise of AI. Spacey moment for NFL hopeful Tyler Owens of Texas Tech, who told reporters at the Combine that he doesn't believe planets exist, and who a World War II vet from Pennsylvania credits for his longevity. That story in about 20 minutes. Here's a niche trend in the housing market. It's called home equity investments. Maybe you need that upfront cash for repairs or upgrades. Well, some new companies in their pitches to homeowners are offering top dollar for a stake in their home for that upfront cash, and you'll settle up years in the future. Here's James Rodriguez, senior real estate reporter at Business Insider. James, what's behind this? So really the basic concept is Americans have built up tons of equity in their homes over the past few years as home values have skyrocketed. And really what these uh, these companies are doing is something called home equity investments, which is they'll offer you cash today in exchange for a stake in your home in the future. So whenever you sell or refinance your home, you know, 10, 20, even 30 years down the line, they're going to get a big chunk of that value. Um, and in exchange, you don't have any monthly payments. Uh, it's technically not a debt product, so it doesn't impact you know, your debt to income ratio or anything like that. And it's a, kind of an alternative to you know, the traditional way of Americans tapping into their home equity if they don't sell. You know, normally they'll take out a home equity line of credit or a home equity loan or uh, you know, re- refinance and take some cash out that way. And all of those are debt products. So it will involve you know, more monthly payments one way or another. And really the selling point that these companies, which you know, are, are backed by some of the biggest investors in the world, are saying, you don't have to deal with monthly payments, just, uh, you know, we'll give you the cash up front and we just want to basically co-invest in your home alongside you. Wow. All right. So best case scenario for both parties would be what, James? You know, really both parties are kind of banking on home prices rising. You know, of course, for the uh, for the homeowner, though, if, if home prices rise too much, then you are kind of seeing the cost of that, uh, you know, initial investment that you took on rise as well you know some of these companies do provide a cap so you know in the event that sky that you know home prices kind of dramatically surge they'll they'll put a cap on their earnings so that it's maybe you know 17 percent or 19 percent um uh, annual interest rate is kind of what it works out to but 
You know, really, uh, you know, these, com these companies pitch it as, you know, we'll, we'll share in the upside, we'll also share in the downside. So if your, if your home uh, loses value, we'll, sh you know, potentially share in some of that as well. And, and there are cases in which, you know, it's really structured to protect the investors. And so, um, you know, they kind of demand uh, more, uh, a bigger stake in your home so that they avoid losing money. But, um, you know, really the, the best case scenario is, you know, both sides are kind of betting on home prices continuing to rise. Wow. We're speaking with James Rodriguez, senior real estate reporter at Business Insider. He's written about home equity investments. The piece is called Wall Street Wants Your Home. Who does this appeal to typically? So really right now, this is still a pretty niche product when you think about, you know, the traditional market, you know, for mortgages and home equity loans and things of that size. This is really just a tiny fraction of that. Um, it really appeals to people who may be you know, have some sort of cost that they want to pay off right now, whether it's, you know, a medical bill or they have a bunch of high interest credit card debt that they want to clear out, or maybe they want to do a lot of work on their home and they don't want to just take out a loan directly, or maybe they don't qualify for some of these traditional uh, lending products. So it's, um, you know, a lot of people that I talked to kind of described it as maybe something more of a last resort rather than kind of the first option that people think of right now. And, and there are definitely some concerns in terms of, you know, consumers might not uh, you know, fully understand the product or fully understand what they might be giving up if home prices do really, uh, you know, continue to rise, you know, 10 or 20 years down the line. That's a, that's a pretty sizable chunk of their future wealth that they might be giving up. Yeah. I, um, I, I didn't yeah. realize that there was actually no mortgage payment. So they're paying off your lender, I guess. Well, so really what it is, is uh, they're just getting a stake in your home. So they, um, you know, you can do whatever you want with the cash up front. You continue, you know, if you, uh, if you still owe money on your home, you continue to pay your mortgage like usual. Oh, so oh, okay. um, it's not like they're uh, paying off a, a chunk of that mortgage every month. But really, you know, you get that cash and then you don't have to make any payments until eventually you do settle up with the... Uh, with the investor and, and they, the different contracts kind of outline whether that's 10 or 30 years in the future, although you could do it in seven or five or whenever, kind of whenever uh, you want to within the contract's time frame, And, and that happens if you sell your home or say, uh, you, you know, you could take on a different loan if you want to pay back the investor, their equity stake and, and get that um, contract settled. So uh, yeah, it's, it's really a different structure than kind of the traditional, you know, you take out a loan, you pay it back a little bit, plus interest every month. Thanks, James. James Rodriguez, senior real estate reporter at Business Insider. Hey, it's Gordon Deal. Say goodbye to the hassle of meal prep and hello to ready-to-eat meals from Factor. With Factor, you get chef-created delights approved by dietitians. Choose from over 35 mouth-watering options each week, plus over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons. Stop spending precious time cooking and cleaning. Factor offers restaurant-quality meals in two minutes. From dinners to breakfast, snacks, and smoothies, Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options. It's the convenient choice that's easier on your wallet than takeout, with flexible plans from 6 to 18 meals per week and the option to pause or reschedule deliveries. Factor fits seamlessly into your life with no prep, no mess. Ready for a week of hassle-free, delicious dining? Visit factormeals.com slash deal 50 and use code deal 50 to get 50% off again use code deal 50 at factormeals.com slash deal 50 to get 50% off
Today's mic drop is brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Thanks for joining us. Welcome into Friday. It's time now for the mic drop with this morning's Mike Gavin. Good morning. Well, there are many among us who were told by our parents, that's why we can't have nice things when we break something around the house. And that goes for when we're adults, too. The latest on that comes from Philadelphia, where hot dog tossing fans have caused the end of a beloved baseball promotion. For more than 25 years, the Phillies have hosted a dollar hot dog nights at select home games. But the team announced yesterday it's ending the promotion and not for the reason you'd think. Instead of bowing to inflation, Dollar Hot Dog Night is going away because of unruly fans chucking their cheap dogs onto the field. An April game last season turned into a Philly food fight when fans tossed their ballpark franks in several sections, leading to multiple ejections. The demand for the discount dogs also led to clogged lanes on the concourse and the cramped spaces led to security and safety concerns. The deal will instead be replaced with two-for-one hot dog days at two games in April. So you're going to get two hot dogs? <laughs> well, you mean two for yeah, two for two for one at the regular price. Uh, oh, you know oh, the okay. regular price of a hot dog is what gotcha. $6 these days. I don't know what it is. You know, probably something along those lines. So it's so it's you know, not a dollar per hot dog. Oh, so there will be fewer hot dogs gotcha. circulating throughout the crowd throughout the game. <laughs> and if they cost you even at least 3 or 4 dollars each, you'd be less likely to throw mm. them at the person next to you. I suppose. Uh, I like your $6 figure though. I thought that was mostly for the bun. <laughs> yeah. So it's I, $9 if you actually want the the fake meat well yeah well as you know when you when i go to a ball game i like to upgrade to the sausage and pepper sandwich because oh, yeah. it's literally like two dollars more than the flimsy hot dog right. i love a hot dog but yes. not at like six seven dollars whatever it's costing mm. these days by the way if i had told you this story was unfolding without naming the city and the fans involved <laughs> you would have been able to predict it was Philadelphia, correct? I mean, that certainly would have been my first guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have known, you know, 100%, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're, you know, if you're going to narrow it down and, you know, so you're, you're betting which would be the city mm-hmm. that would be involved in this, Philadelphia is definitely the, uh, they got the yeah. lowest odds. Philadelphia sports fans, go figure. <laughs> yeah. And one of the big stories this week was the very sad Willy Wonka experience in the UK. So bad it made international news and forced the organizers to refund everyone's money. And while everyone, besides the those who paid $45 for the experience had a good laugh at just how bad this was. It was also yet another event predicted by The Simpsons. The beloved animated series, still going after more than three decades, has predicted dozens of real-life events over the years, including most notably the Donald Trump presidency. Social media users are citing a 1993 uh, Simpsons episode called Bart's Inner Child with an eerily similar plot. In the episode, Homer buys a trampoline, which he plans to use as part of a backyard theme park for the kids called Homerland. Besides Trampoline World, other attractions at Homerland, which cost $50 to enter, include a mud pit called Muckville, USA, and a house made of dirty mattresses called Fort Adventure. Besides pointing out the similarities between the two theme parks, many users also said they'd actually prefer to pay for Homerland than the Willy Wonka experience any day. Wow. Yeah, I think I agree with that. The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least at least uh, Homerland. At least it's uh, outside. You know, at least you're getting some fresh uh, air. Right. Yeah. This other one was right. in, like a dingy warehouse. Yeah, that was so. <laughs> that was just a weird story. Bad news. Thank you, Mike. What does the future of mobility in Michigan sound like? It's the sound of new EV charging stations at our state parks. Discover all the ways MEDC is driving next-gen mobility in Michigan at michiganbusiness.org/radio. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Friday, first day of March. A couple of financial moves to consider making to start the new month. 
courtesy of CBS News. Number one, open a CD. CD rates are as high as 6.5 or even 7% for select savers, plus the rates on them are locked. So even if the rate climate drops in the weeks or months to come, savers will still be locked in. Number two, open a high-yield savings account. While not as high as the very best CD rates, returns on high-yield savings accounts are in the 5% range for qualified savers. Number three, lock in a mortgage rate. They're not as low as they were a few years ago, but historically they're still on the low side. And number four, pay down debt. Won't make much sense to open a CD or high-yield savings account or apply for mortgage if your debt is overwhelming. Eight minutes now in front of the hour on this morning. Once again, here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. More than 100 Palestinians were killed and over 700 injured when Israeli troops opened fire on people waiting for aid delivery in Gaza. The Israeli military and Palestinian witnesses are giving conflicting stories. Israeli Defense Forces spokesman Peter Lerner on ABC. A large amount of people were uh, going on the trucks and looting them and trampling and crushing one another. And indeed, many of the people that were injured or wounded or even killed were as a result of the truck movement. Three witnesses, however, said Israeli soldiers fired at people before aid trucks arrived. Number two. President Biden and former President Donald Trump made dueling visits to the U.S.-Mexico border yesterday, where both presidential opponents pushed for tougher border policies while blaming the other's party for the migrant crisis. Biden asked Trump to reconsider the bipartisan border agreement rejected by Republicans last month. Folks, the bipartisan border security deal is a win for the American people. And it's a win for the people of Texas, and it's fair for those who legitimately have a right to come here. Meanwhile, Trump claimed the U.S. is being overrun by the Biden migrant crime. Number three. Both chambers of the Alabama legislature passed bills to protect in vitro fertilization providers after the state Senate state Supreme Court ruled that embryos qualify as children. The fast-tracked legislations grant civil and criminal immunity to those offering IVF treatments. Additional votes on the bills are expected next week. The wildfire that broke out in the Texas Panhandle earlier this week has extended nearly 1.1 million acres and is now considered the largest and most destructive blaze in state history. Two people have been confirmed dead, 83-year-old Joyce Blankenship, who was found dead in her home, and Cindy Owens, who died two days after suffering life-threatening burns. The season many Americans fear is here, tax season. A high schooler was served with her first dose of adulthood reality when she was told she would be getting a $9 return from the federal government, but owed more than 400 in state taxes. Mommy, it's only $421. So they're not going to give you my $9? Yeah, they're going to give you the $9 for the federal. You take the $9, and your next payment, you make $9 less. <laughs> Welcome to Tax Life. The tax filing deadline is Monday, April 15th. <laughs> Congrats on your refund, $9. <laughs> uh, but you got to write a $400 check to the state. Ouch. I remember my first tax filing season. I cried. Mm -hmm. I did. Understandably. This year, Dell Technologies wants to help you do amazing things with their best tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, powered by Intel Core processors and more. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com deals. Thanks for being with us. A World War II veteran from Pennsylvania who just celebrated his 103rd birthday. 
credits his longevity in part to his daughters. Ralph Perkner says it's the ladies that make him stronger. Perkner served in the Navy during World War II and the Korean War. He recently celebrated at a restaurant filled with family and neighbors at Mission Barbecue in the town of Springfield, a western suburb of Philadelphia. Fox 29 Philadelphia says Perkner was greeted with a hero's welcome and escorted through a flag line. The national anthem played, followed by a rousing rendition of Happy Birthday. Despite being 103, Perkner has only been retired for 13 years. He was an optometrist until the age of 90. That'll do it for this hour. For Nicole Murray and Mike Gavin, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News.